Father, we thank you, Father, for this morning. Lord, you and you alone have the words of life. Father, this morning I just humble myself before thee. Father, unless you speak and you empower, I just can't even utter a single word. And even if it, if I utter it, it will just fall to the ground. I pray, Lord, that you would touch me this morning. Absolutely, I'm dependent upon you, Lord, this morning. And not only me, O Lord, each one of us. For we have come not to hear from man, but to hear from you. And this morning, I pray that you would touch each one of us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Exhort us, chastise us, rebuke us, correct us, encourage us. Father, but Lord, draw us close to you even as we draw close to you, Lord. Let faith arise. Let unbelief disappear. Let us become lovers of your word. Father, that we will be absolutely, a set of people who will be hungry for your word. For you and you alone have the words of life. And therefore, Lord, even as we open our mouth wide, you fill us with your word this morning. Give us strength, and not only strength, Lord, the ability to digest the word and let it become a part of a spiritual inner man. As we meditate upon your word, let faith arise. For you said, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, faith, let it arise, O Lord. Come at this time into your hands. We pray, Father, for an unction and an anointing over the speaking and over the hearing of this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, uh, I just titled my message as Contending for the Faith. Contending for the Faith. And this is in light with uh, what we've been studying over the past few weeks in our Wednesday study as well as on a Sunday study uh, about evils. That God should deliver us from evil. And one of the things that we need to constantly keep battling if you will, is the evil within us. Yep. So let's look at this passage in the, 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 the passage that we looked at on Wednesday, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. It says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you. This is to the brothers. It's not to the outsiders. This is to the brothers. This is uh, to the churchgoers. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. While it is called today, you need to understand, battling this evil heart of unbelief is a community effort. You need to understand that. Okay? But exhort one another daily while it is still called today. And, and, and Jesus said, a night is coming when no man can work. It's already there. While it is day, I need to work. A night is coming when no man will be able to work. And it is far, fast approaching. In our day and age, things are happening right in front of our eyes. Therefore, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, that sin which deceives us so easily, which ensnares us, which besets us. Sin never comes and placates itself as something which is harmless. It also always says there's pleasure. And Bible confesses. To that fact, it says there is pleasure in sin, but for a season. 
But the end of it is the wages of sin. The what? Wages. <laughs> in other words, you labor in your sin even if you think that you are actually uh, drawing pleasure out of it. Okay, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And what is that eternal life? John's Gospel chapter 17 verse 3. This is life eternal that you should know Him, the only true God and Jesus whom you have sent. That is eternal life. Ultimately, we will have God Himself. You need to understand that. (laughs) That's remarkable, isn't it? God, I mean, God will be ours. That's what he sang. My Jesus, I love thee for I know you are mine. And if you are mine, I am an heir, a joint heir with with Christ. If indeed I suffer with him, I will also be glorified with him. Therefore, today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. This is an evil heart of unbelief. And what kind of a heart is this? We'll try try to look at this in a little bit bit here before we go to the meat of the message. Verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ. Look at that. We have become partakers of who? Of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. In, In other words, it's not... Sufficient that we start or begin well our walk with the Lord, our Christian walk. It is more important that we finish well. Okay, because many are called, few are chosen, and few will remain faithful. And the disciples asked, Lord, how many will be saved? Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Because I tell you, many will try to enter through it, but they will not be able. Many. Okay, something which we need to, uh, it's an exhortation for all of us and in our church we'll get sufficient exhortation. Okay, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold, fast, hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. It's very simple. If you do not respond to the God, to the Lord today, it'll be more difficult for you to change tomorrow. Understand? If you can't break the patterns of thinking today, at least incrementally in that direction today, it will become more difficult for you tomorrow. If you, if you don't tackle anger today when you are young, it will be more difficult for you tomorrow when you grow old. You will be absolutely uncontrollable. We have a life example in our colony these days. Shooting off. Unbelievable words come out of their mouth. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. So today, today is the day. Okay, today is the day that he has made. Okay, and that is the children of Israel. Okay, the children of Israel. Hebrews chapter 3, this is verse 16. For who having heard rebelled, they heard and they rebelled. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? In other words, they all were baptized into Moses. They passed through the Red Sea. They heard the gospel. They applied the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts of their house. They experienced grace. They came out of Egypt. Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Is it possible that God can bring us out of our old way of life and still be angry with us? That's what it says. Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpuses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear? That they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of 
unbelief. You see, the evil heart of unbelief. Ultimately, they couldn't finish their purpose in life. It's quite possible that, that we could end up that way. That's what, that's what uh, Paul tells the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, when you come to the Lord's table, ensure that you don't take part of the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. Judge yourself. Because for this reason, many of, many among you are sick, many are weak, and many have fallen asleep before you finished your purpose. You're dead. You're gone. That is, you don't hear that often, right? But we need to scare you sufficiently so that we'll appreciate love. How do you know God loves me? We see the scary side first. You see, so, but let me, let me just, uh, just a small word of caution here though. There is two kinds of unbelief, at least to, to the best of my knowledge. There is one unbelief, which is ignorant unbelief. Okay. For example, people outside the world, they do not know what, what it is to taste the word of God. They are ignorant because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. So they do not see the truth of the glory of the gospel. So they are ignorant. So there is one unbelief which is ignorant unbelief. I'm not talking about that unbelief. So let's see what that ignorant unbelief is. There is one guy who actually confesses to ignorant unbelief in the Bible. Let's see who that person is. In First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 onwards. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. This is First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 onwards. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Other translations will say he judged me faithful to put me in the ministry. Think about it, no? Um, I want to become a software engineer in your company. Can I have your resume? Yes, please. Okay, educational qualification. Okay, uh, projects. Okay, did you really do this project? Okay, let us do a background check. Okay, okay, okay. Tick, 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 tick. And then we'll see, they'll say, okay, fine, appointment error is given, but subject to the condition that you clear the background check. We want to know... Can you get a recommendation letter from your previous previous employer? Etc, etc, etc. Meaning, what you did in your past is so very important for a company to give you a job. That is the reason why you have interviews. One level, two level, three level, four rounds, five rounds, six rounds, ultimately HR round, whether you will stay or not, we want that also. Because HR is having a headache all the time. Attrition. Okay, so you have, you have several rounds because they want to judge you faithful, whether you will stay in my company or not. But look at this man. He says, he judged me faithful. But you want to know my past? Look at what he says. Although <laughs> I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy. Why? Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. That is the ignorant unbelief I'm talking about. And the grace of God was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Therefore he says, you know what, I did it ignorantly in unbelief because I didn't know. My unbelief had a reason because the reason was ignorance. Well, does it mean that God is going to condone the fact that so many of the believers died because of you? No. You're still guilty of Stephen's blood. You see? Did the church not uh, experience harm because of his ignorance? Absolutely, it did. But, 
He is making a very powerful statement. He says, I am a persecutor, I was an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Why? The reason is, the next verse, look at what it says. First Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 15, verse 10. So look at this. But by the grace of God, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Meaning, I received the grace of God, but I understood the value of the grace of God because I knew where I came from. You see? But I labored more abundantly than all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. And therefore, he continues in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. This is a faithful and a worthy saying. You know what the word worthy? People who did uh, geometry in your tenth, till your 10th class. How many of you did geometry? Let me see. Show your hands right up in the in the sky. Don't be ashamed of geometry and of the gospel, both. <laughs> See, there's something called as axiom, right? Shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Two parallel lines meet at at God, because infinity is God, right? Okay, so that is an axiom. It's axiomatic. It is there inside each one of us. It is worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came to serve me. It's axiomatic. He was supposed to serve me. Save me. I'm the chief of all sinners. That's what Paul is saying. Boy. I mean, he uses axiom four times in his letters. We can see the axioms in the Bible. Several axioms, but four of them are really interesting. I'm the chief. But, however, for this reason I obtain mercy. Why? That in me first, Jesus Christ may show all of, all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to, ah, believe on him. In other words, my ignorant unbelief, God forgave, but now through me, he is going to cause many people to believe. You see? He's not going to make stumbling blocks out of, out of, out of me, but I will be an example and several people will start imitating me. And that's what he says in second, uh, second Thessalonians chapter two or first Thessalonians chapter two verse seven or ten, if I'm right. It says, when you receive the word of God, you did not receive it as the word of man, but as it was in truth, the word of God, which works in all those who believe, but you didn't stop there. That believing has caused you to become imitators of us. You started imitating us and you started following us even as we followed Christ. You see, believe is uh, active. It's it's verb. You know, the, 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 the Greek word for believe, if I'm right, is pistoa. Pistoa, which is which is active. It is it is anger uh, you you're 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 working working out. It's aggressive in some sense. The noun form, of course, is pistis, which is faith. However, for this reason I obtain mercy. You see that? So that through me, people will start believing. That is ignorant unbelief. Now, I'm not talking about that unbelief. I'm talking of a danger of what unbelief? A deliberate unbelief. That is evil. You get it, everybody? What is that deliberate unbelief? This is what he says. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 16. For who having what? Heard. They heard. Who are these people? These are not unbelievers. These are a set of people who became Christians. They heard the gospel. (laughs) They heard. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can do so many things to you. 
And then verse 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who what? Ah, did not obey. See, your believing has to lead you to obedience. You see? That's what I said. It's an active verb. John's Gospel chapter 3, verse 36. I'm going to look at two translations, the NKJV and the ESV. Look at what it says in the NKJV. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe, the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God is upon him. What is the opposite of believing here in this case? Not believing. That's what it means, right? I mean, it's very obvious. Uh, you, believe, you believe, then you have a le- everlasting life. You do not believe, you don't have everlasting life. The wrath of God abides in you. Look at the next. The ESV translation is interesting. Look at what he says. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever? Everybody read that. Don't fall asleep. On Sunday morning. I know it's a little cozy and all. Yeah. Look at what he says. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey implies does not believe. What did you do? You believe? Yes, brother, I believe. Even the demons believe. And they tremble. So as long as orthodoxy of doctrine is concerned, you and demons are at the same level because they know scripture very well, in fact. Verbatim, in fact. The orthodoxy of doctrine does not save anybody. (laughs) It's the obedience to the doctrine that saves you, you see. That is the opposite of believing. I'm sorry, of of, of, uh, does not, uh, the opposite of uh, believing is do not obey. So believing implies obedience. Thank you. See, that is the reason why Romans chapter 1 verse 5 will say, Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to what? To obedience that comes from faiths. You see, both are absolutely interconnected. You obey, you, you have faith. Yeah, sure. So do you have a work of faith? Which is made of faith. It's not works which are going to save you. But do you have an evidence of a changed life that you are working out your salvation without, with fear and trembling every day of your life? Is there obedience progressively? Is the question. For his name's sake. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Okay. So therefore, question, we looked at it in one of the, uh, on a Wednesday service. How many evils are there in the Bible, in the New Testament? Those who attended the, thrust, uh, the Wednesday service. Three evils, their name, their names are? Poneros, Philos, Kakos. Yeah? Yeah? Sure? Okay. So you, you learn, you get to learn some Greek also when you come to our church. So what is the evil one after? He's after what? He's after what? Thank you. He's after my faith. How does faith come from? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How do I know that the evil one is after my faith? Said Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded that he should have you so that he can sift you as wheat. But I prayed that your faith will not fail you. I prayed. I I mean, that's a real, real remarkable statement. Simon, Simon. He doesn't even call him Peter, Peter, because he's not acting like Peter now. He's acting like Simon. 
the fisherman with the language and an accent. You see, he is after my faith. You see, faith has, I mean, we, we call it believing has an action. Uh, for example, how many of you have seen the movie Matrix, the first part? Come on, come on, come on, don't be ashamed. Several times, two hands. Okay, good. Fantastic. There is a scene at the end where Morpheus and Trinity escape through the telephone and Neo faces Agent Smith. And Trinity is like talking to Morpheus and saying, what is he doing? You know what Morpheus says? Anybody who knows the dialogue? Hey, you see, you haven't watched it. What, 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 what is he doing? What is he doing? What is Neo doing? He's beginning to believe, yes. Oh, he, oh, Neo has said, told this, like, you are the one, you are the one, you are the one. No, 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 I'm not the one, I'm not the one, I'm not the one. And then suddenly at that point when he sees Agent Smith now, he says, let me do this. And then Morpheus says, he's beginning to believe. Boy, they copied a lot of our language, isn't it? They call their ship the Nebuchadnezzar. And their hideout, the Zion. Mm. Anyway, so he is after my faith. In other words, he is after my obedience. He doesn't want believers to obey because a believer in active obedience is a threat to the kingdom of God. You see, that is the point. He's a threat to the principalities and powers of darkness. Because he knows you have been given authority over the dunamis. You have been given the exosia over the dunamis of the evil one. The dunamis means the dynamite power of the evil one. What have you been given? You have been given authority. Think about this traffic cop with a pot belly. Okay, let's say he's standing at Vicharastha, maybe Gachiboli. Okay, Gachiboli, that Chaurastha near Triple IT. Okay. And then the, all the traffic tracks have switched off, so he has to jump into action. So he jumps into action, and then you have this 16 BH, I don't know, 16 cylinder, or how many cylinders does a Ferrari have? I don't know, some 8 cylinder Ferrari. It's coming, right? And then, this guy with a pot belly, and a powerful dynamite Ferrari, coming with all speed, what does he do? With a pot belly. Exosia over the dunamis. <laughs> See? You don't realize that. That's what, that's what, the enemy knows it. <laughs> he knows it. He knows that you have the authority over the dunamis of the enemy and enemy has got power. But you have authority. Because all authority has been given to him. And he says, all authority has been given to me. Go into all the world, baptizing and teaching. For I am with you, even to the ends of the world. In other words, in my name, you shall cast out demons. In my name, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that is going to raise against you in judgment, you shall condemn because you've been clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. And therefore you have authority. You have authority. You see? Therefore he's after your faith. 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the, the authority is essentially what God said. It's a spoken word. It's a Rima word, right? So what is he after? Matthew chapter 13 verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So what is he after? He's after that word of God, which is like a seed. You have been born again, not by imperishable seed, but by, sorry, not by perishable seed, but by the imperishable word of God, which lives and abides forever. All flesh is like grass. All the glory of the field is flower of grass. Etc. Forever. Okay. You got it. He's after that because he knows the moment a simple born again believer, he has the capacity to overcome the world. Why? This is that overcomes the world, even your faith. Thank you. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And therefore he's after that. And therefore even now, I, I really challenge you when you Come to the house of God. Doesn't matter how tired you are through the week. You say, Lord, I will not allow the enemy to snatch the word. My mind is yours. I'm not going to allow my body to dictate what I'm going to receive in my mind. See, it's so very important. You need to be active. Because he's after that. Because the moment you go out of the hall, you're forgotten. And suddenly, reality strikes in the form of several people. Whoever those people are. It could be children. See, therefore, that is the reason why Jesus says in John's Gospel chapter 17 verse 15, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from whom? The evil one. They are not of this world, just as I'm not, I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truths. What is truth? Your word is truth. And you know what? Truth is so powerful. You speak the truth and they will tremble. The kingdom of darkness is completely based upon lies and you start speaking the truth. You see? Truth is powerful. So, he's after my faith. But God does, does God allow him to come and test us? Yes, as he did Peter. Yes, he does. So look what it says. But God will allow this so that your faith will be tested and refined. That's what Peter says. You're, you're rejoicing because you are born again and that you have an inheritance and for that inheritance you've been kept. For that inheritance you've been guarded for that inheritance so they can enjoy that inheritance. However, you rejoice now, but if necessary, you're also being grieved because of many trials. Why? So that the tested genuineness of your faith. I love that. What is that? Tested genuineness of your faith. Everybody say that. The tested genuineness of your faith. Which is more precious than gold. Which is perishable. But is also tested by fire. Gold is perishable but is tested by fire. How much more your faith can be found to result in the glory and the praise and the honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom though you have not seen, <laughs> you love him. That's why you say, I Jesus, my Jesus, 
I love thee. Though you do not see him now, you still believe in him and are filled with rejoicing which is inexpressible and which is full of glory. That is something which is so powerful. And that is the reason why when you spend time with the word of God and if you don't come out of your closet rejoicing, boy, did you encounter God at all? You see? There is deliverance. James will say that in James chapter 1. The way he can say, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. <laughs> no, 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 please. Don't tell me that I'll follow, fall into many trials. You know what? They're coming. It is coming. I think it's uh, Peter, First Peter chapter 4 verse 19 that you will suffer according to the will of God. It is God's will for all his children. Unless you're tested, how can you be promoted? Simple logic, isn't it? We don't want to be babies all the days of our life, right? How many of you want to go to heaven and have dudu? No, 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 no. I want to be someone there, not a sucker. (laughs) You see, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, patience have its, let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. So many times it's repeated. Perfect work, perfect, complete also means perfect. So that you can be perfect and perfect and perfect. I mean, he doesn't, he can't emphasize that enough. You see? That you may be perfect. For if he's after your faith, what should you guard with all your heart? Your love for God, your hope in God, and your faith in God. And first target will be your faith. Faith. Because you'll have a lot of contrary arguments, contrary ideas, visible reality. That is the reason why Peter will say, though whom you have not seen, you still love him. In other words, you love by faith and not by sight. Therefore, you walk by faith and not by sight. So faith is so important. I mean, he's saying, you know what, guys, I understand you. I have a head start over you because I saw the risen Lord. (laughs) I saw three and a half years and I still struggled to love him in the last. But you guys, you do not see him, but you still love him. How many of you have seen Jesus? Thank you. You still love him? Amen. Say, I love Jesus. Say that. So that you can wake up from your slumber. You see? That's what happens, right? When you fall in love, your parents got a long bill. My parents did so. <laughs> and they were trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> I can say that from the pulpit now. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Therefore, he's after your faith, saints. He's after your faith. Therefore, see, I'm going to do something today. In the second part, this is by the way of introduction, okay? Oh, this is only introduction. What is going to be the meat? I'm going to read a chapter in the Bible. We never did that in our entire eight years in GTC. On a Sunday morning, reading through a chapter. But even as I go through the chapter, we'll expound it, okay? I'll just throw in some ideas and some thoughts as to how we combat 
See, you need to understand this. We are in a battle. That is the reason why Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. By this time you should know. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. So in order to keep the fight or keep the faith, what did I do? I fought. Okay? So, gird up the loins of your mind. Other translations, prepare your minds for action. <laughs> Be sober-minded. In other translations, in other, in other words, be clear in your mind. Sober means what? You are able to think clearly. Think actively. Gird up your minds for action. Think actively. Think clearly. A lot of people think very active, but not very clear. Some people are very clear, but it takes a long time to respond. But he says, gird up the loins of your mind means prepare for action. And prepare and be clear in your mind. Be clear. Both things are very important. There's balance in Christendom. We don't have to, we don't uh, exalt one over the other. So, fight for your what? Faith. Yeah. So, that is the reason why I titled the message contending for your faith. Because he's after that. He's after that. Children. He's after that. He's just waiting for an opportunity. So they can sneak in through some door and say, all that you learned in church is... But you know what? When you establish the truth inside of your heart, establish axioms inside your heart, even if they try to attack your mind, the heart will start opposing it. Okay? So fill during this time of peace when you're young... When you don't have so many questions, when you don't have peers around to counter the arguments that you have in your mind, to give you counter arguments that you, for the truth that is in your mind, fill yourself with those thoughts. So let's read through which book am I talking about? Contending for your faith? Ah, uh, this Jude. Yeah, thank you. But uh, he was—he's by the way the Lord's brother. But he never introduces himself as the brother of Jesus. He says, I'm the brother of James and a servant of Jesus. And my name is what? Jude, not Judas. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that is Jude. Let's, let's read from verse three onwards. I'm just going to skip a few verses from the, that's only exchanging pleasantries, but let's see from verse three onwards. Look, look, look at what he says. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. In other words, I started thinking, come on, let, let me write about the salvation. Comma. Suddenly the Holy Spirit said, change direction please. Keep that in your mind. Okay, just imagine Jude, okay? Jude, now he wants, he's, he's fired up now and he's sitting in, in, in front of his table. He's taken his whatever that leaf thing and the ink thing and the and the and the and the and those papyrus papyrus yeah those leaves and then brothers holy spirit stop imagine that okay you got that can you shoot that imagine that okay imagine that and he stopped suddenly i found it necessary he says to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was 
once for all delivered to the saints. Oh boy, I, I want to write something. And suddenly the Spirit of God said, you know, stop there and write something else. So I'm writing to you that you should start contending for the faith which is once and for all delivered to the saints. Why? Reason? How does it, how does the reason start in the Bible? Because is also called as for. Thank you. See, by this time you're all scholars, you see. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now you will say, Brother Vijay, why are you saying this? We have Pastor James. I hope, hopefully we have you too. <laughs> why are you talking about certain men creeping in unawares? Right? Why, why should we even think about it? We're, we're, a, we're a safe church. We're like, we're all fired up and we have good walls and we know that we protect this pulpit with all of our heart, the best that, that, that we can do. And we study hard. What, what have you do? We do the best that we can. But why should we talk about some people creeping in unawares? Why? Why, do we, why should we talk about that? Prevention is, you see, when I'm preparing now, I'm preparing for the day of battle. Why? Because I'm not looking at Peter now here, sitting and listening to my message. I'm looking at Peter standing behind some pulpit and preaching the word. And he has to head a congregation. And then he has to be one. Peter, content for the faith because certain people might creep in. You know, they are creepers. Creep in. Who creeps? You don't even know. It's silent. The creepers. I mean, we, 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 I don't know why money plant is called money plant. It's a creeper. It intrudes. You see? It's, it creeps in unawares. I mean, you just leave it like that. Suddenly it's there inside your balcony. Hanging around. It's crept in. Unawares. You see? Therefore, be vigilant. And that is the reason we want to, we want to contend with those ideas which, which might creep in even in our own minds because our mind is, who knows? Today you stand, tomorrow you fall, who knows? Because scripture says, be very careful if you think that you're standing, lest you fall. Paul himself says, if even I come and preach to you another gospel, <laughs> if Paul thought that he was vulnerable to deception, how much more you and I? Paul who wrote the 13 epistles of, 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 of uh, the New, Te- New Testament. How can you, how can you just take it for granted? That's what Solomon thought. I wrote the Proverbs, I wrote Song of Songs. <laughs> Both romance and wisdom. I had brain and brawn as well. Beauty, whatever. You see, it's a very strange combination. Wise people can also be romantic. Yeah, Solomon. And he thought that he was beyond Nobody can, you know, uh, but his wisdom became a very big handicap for him. You know that. It says, he was the wisest among all the people in his generation. In all of the earth, you could not find a wiser man than Solomon and he fell away because of one area. So Paul says, you know what? Solomon could, 
I can also. Therefore, preempt. Why? Who are these ungodly people who deny our only master? What is denying God? If you deny him, he will also deny you. If you are faithless, he still remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. It's a very interesting combination though. We'll, we'll try to expand that later on. But what is, who are these people who deny Jesus? Titus will explain that. Titus chapter 1 verses 15 to 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, what? Nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. That is what it means. I'm a Christian, but look at the way you talk. I'm a Christian, then look at the way you dress. I'm a Christian, then look at the way you spend your money. You see? I'm a Christian, but that is what you profess, but when you you deny it through your lifestyle, that's what it means. These are ungodly people, meaning they say they're God, they're, 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 they are godly, but they are not. They have a form of godliness, as Peter, as uh, Paul would tell Timothy, but they don't have power to overcome sin. And therefore, why, why is he saying that? Why is he saying that? Look at what he says. He's using the same argument that we used in Hebrews chapter 3. Now I want to remind you, although once fully you, you, you knew it, that j- read that please, everybody. Who saved? Jesus saved who? Okay, let's read that, okay? That Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt. Oh, it's Jesus who saved them. I thought it was God who saved them. You know, the Septuagint actually translates the Lord as Jesus. The Old New Testament, or the old uh, ancient uh, texts. That's the reason why ESV is a little interesting. Okay. The Lord is translated as Jesus. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4, if I'm right, and read the KJV. And verse 8, somebody read it in KJV. Ah, if Jesus had given them rest, it's not Joshua. You see? Who brought them out of the promised land? Jesus. Who took them into the promised land? Jesus. So, you're saying, Baba, Jesus was there. Then, Jesus is there now. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so that's, a, that, that's the, that's the, that's the uh, parallel that he's trying to draw here. Now, I want to remind you, although once you fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them because they did not believe. You see that? That is the reason why this is so important. Because there is a battle for the faith and slowly unbelief can creep in and you don't even know it. You can see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and you read the gospel according to Mark chapter 16 verse 14 if I'm right where Jesus meets the disciples they still don't believe. And he says, he it says in KJV he says, he upbraided them because of their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they saw all these things and the disciples themselves were not immune to unbelief and hardness of heart. How much more you and I? Who saw Jesus both in the flesh form and in the resurrected form. 
You got that, everybody? So he says, I want to remind you therefore, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward, destroyed those who did not believe it. Not only them. This is the set of people who came out of the promised land. He's talking about another category of people. Not people, beings. If I can use that word. Verse 6 and 7. And angels who did not stay with their, read that, own position of authority. Ah, The angels, they did not like their own position of authority. They were looking at other positions. Okay. I'm in the ushering ministry. How great it would have been if I was singing and worshipping. We don't have it, thankfully, in our church. Thankfully, hopefully, thankfully, hopefully. But we want to guard against that. Are you satisfied with your own position of authority in the body of Christ? See, because I deserve better, I'm more qualified. What qualification did Paul have to become the apostle of Jesus? I'll tell you what qualification. Blasphemer, persecutor, murderer, insolent man. That's the qualification. Meaning, your qualification doesn't matter. It's God's sovereignty. It's a sovereignty of God that has put you in a position like that. In other words, God chose your parents. God chose your spouse. Oh, no, 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 no. I fell in love and uh, I said, I love you. <laughs> really? And God is not sovereign. God is not sovereign. He is sovereign. Yeah, and that is the reason why when many, when many people say, after they get married, they have issues in the marriage. I don't think I got married according to the will of God. Shut up now. What God has put together, let no man, including you, put asunder. You see? I wish I had a better boss. Embrace the bitter boss. Really? Because the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, even though it is perishable, is tested by fire, might be found to result in glory and honor and praise. Whose glory? Not Jesus' glory, your glory. That's what he sang, right? Last, what is the last stanza? The glory, the crown of glory that I'm going to wear. Uh, do, you, do you want a crown of glory? Yes, you will put that crown of glory and say, God, it is all yours, but don't you want it? <laughs> See? See, that is the reason why many of our songs in the contemporary age, we don't sing those songs because, and you can't even draw scripture out of them. You ought to search. Oh, that is there in the Bible. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, fine. That word is there. Grace is there. Faith is there. Okay, 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 fine, fine. We have sampled some verses here and then put them together and made them a song. Amazing, no? If you've gone to funerals and they sing the song called Nearer My God to Thee. Right? That is not a funeral song. That is Jacob's story when how Jacob became Israel. It's a, it's a, it's a prom, it's a song of a new birth. And these guys are taking the coffee. Nearer my God to thee. Nearer to thee. As if he was not nearer when he was still walking on the earth. It's not a funeral song. 
how, I mean, how we have been, see, we don't recognize those things and we just, oh, this tune is good, nearer, okay, fine, it's now going to Jesus. So let's just put this song into a funeral song and we don't sing it later on because we are scared now. I don't want to die. See, therefore, own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. These are those angels who are deceived by Satan. One third of the angels who were not satisfied with the positions of authority that God had given them. The next verse, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and the reason for indulging in sexual immorality is much more greater. This was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. What was it? Pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness and it did not strengthen the needy and the oppressed. You see? Because we... we how is, we, we live in this generation, right? My life, my life, my life, my life, my life, my life. My salvation? My sanctification? My glorification. You see? I will be a part of the church for my sanctification? My glorification. The motive is me. You see? We will never say, like Apostle Paul, Lord, blot out my name. Can we say that? We don't. Lord, blot out my name so that my Jewish brothers can get in. Lord, save me and save my family. You see? We're all focused, self-focused, even in spiritual things. Okay. So, Jude, let's move on. See, I'm just commenting even as I go. And verse 8. Yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams. Oh, I dreamed, I dreamed, I dreamed. Defile flesh, reject authority, blaspheme the glorious ones. In other words, they speak uh, evil of of dignitaries, uh, Peter will say. But when Archangel Michael contended with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, they go into spiritual warfare without wearing the armor of God. You know, remember the sons of Sceva? Paul was in the name of Jesus. Get out. All were getting out. Sons of Sceva. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Jesus I know. Paul I know. Who are you? Who are you? You know what they use the language? We adjure you. We exorcise you. They don't have no idea what it is to be in spiritual warfare. And I'll see that. No, even in, even in a lot of people who think they're charismatic. They're all charismatic, by the way. Very charismatic. Oh, they will walk like this and they will do this and people will be falling left, right and center. Actually, one demon has gone out, several demons have come in. We don't realize that. They're all charismatic people. But they don't have, they are actually naked in the spiritual realm. That's exactly what happens to the sons of Skiva. They don't have authority. But they're exercising what? They're exercising something else. Because they're not driving out or expelling demons. They're exorcising. It's different. 
But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. I like that word. How do you understand it? Instinct. My instinct tells me. My sixth sense, whatever it is. I have a sixth sense. My instinct. They are not led by the spirit, they are led by instinct. You know who are led by instinct? Animals. That's exactly. And birds. That's what I told you right on Wednesday. When it come winter, all the birds migrate to Guntur. By instinct. So you can also take a flight, flight and come to Guntur and be baked in the sun in winter. Or because in, in Guntur there are only three climates. Hot, hotter, hottest. That's all you have. So you can take a flight and be in Guntur or you can stay back there and shovel snow. Instinct. People who live on instinct. My instinct tells me. My intuition tells me. Mera dil hai. Baba, don't even rim. Listen to it. Do exactly the opposite. Like our brothers from the Middle East and also from the other side do. They call it fasting and they do exactly the opposite, right? 30 days. Okay, so they don't understand. Like, let's, let's slow them. But what are these kind of people? Look at this. Woe to them for they walked in the way of Cain. Abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. Let me tell you something. This book of Jude, each verse is a sermon. Each verse is a sermon. I'm just going through it. This verse is like uh, uh, six hours of pastor's conference. It's there on the on the internet, by the way. So I'm not going to expound it. What is the way of Cain? The error of Balaam, the rebellion of Korah. What is this? The way of Cain. One John chapter three, verse twelve to thirteen. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder his, murder him? Because his own actions were evil. His brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. In other words, when Jesus or God confronted him, instead of getting right with God, he got wrong with brother, with his brother. That's what he did. And what did he do? He murdered him. This is exactly what, what it means. It means people who are not close to God attack people who are close to God. You'll see that in Christendom. You'll see that. People who are close to God and they're jealous of them and they will attack them with all kinds of slander, gossip, malice, etc., etc., etc. It happens. Don't ever think that we are immune to it. It is, it is going to happen. It, Luke's Gospel chapter 17. It is imperative that offenses come. It is imperative. You see? And what is the error of Balaam? Balaam, Revelation chapter 2 verse 14. Nevertheless, I have few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. What does it mean? Who will teach deliberate deliberately they will teach false doctrine. They are evil people. They teach deliberate false doctrine for gain. And if that happens here in this pulpit, time for you to leave. Ever. 
Rebellion at Korah. Numbers chapter 16 verse 1. Korah, the son of Izer, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi. And certain Reubenites, Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, and on son of Peleth, became insolent. That's the word. You know who this guy Korah is? Son of Izer, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, who was also the son of Levi. Moses, Aaron, Miriam. So Korah and Moses are are cousins. Got it? Korah and Moses, cousins, cousin rivalry. Some people are already laughing. They know what it is to be a part of cousin rivalry. It happens. When you grow up, it happens. Cousin rivalry. What does insolent mean? Rude, arrogant, lack of respect for authority. That is what it means. This is the rebellion of Korah. The way of Cain, the doctrine of Balaam, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. These are the three things. Let's move on. These are spots. This is talking about those people. These are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. In in in, uh, in other translations, it'll say shepherding only themselves. Shepherding only themselves. What did Jesus say? You will have wolves in sheep's clothing. In other words, bring a wolf in the morning. Put nice sheep clothing on it. Okay, and put it in the midst of wolves, a uh, sheep. How will you recognize it's a wolf? How do you recognize it's a wolf? Wait till lunchtime. You see? Wait till lunchtime, the true colors will come out. You see? Exactly. That's what pastor keeps telling, right? When some of the shepherds, when they see sheep, they think biryani. That's what they think. How can I use them? For my own purposes. How can I use them? You know, David was the king of Israel, right? David was the king of Israel. What do kings do? Rule. You know what it says about David? David shepherded Israel. (laughs) That's the difference. (laughs) He didn't rule. (laughs) He didn't rule Israel. He shepherded Israel. That's what he says. I have taken a shepherd after my own heart. I have made him a shepherd over Israel. And that's what he tells Peter. Peter, do you love me? My Jesus, you know that I love thee. Thou art mine. Feed mine. No, Don't take from mine, in other words. They are clouds without water. Have you seen clouds without water? Well, you know, this is, this is Rajkumar Ramachandran who just, I was uh, using his uh, study for this. It's very interesting what he says. He points out a verse in Proverbs about what did, what do you mean by clouds without water? Look at what it says. This is Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 14, not 15, verse 14. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. Let me let me read that. That is the ESV translation for you. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not 
give. Okay, Peter, I'll take care of you, Peter. I'll, 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 I'll help you out, okay? I'll help you out. I have it, Peter. I'll help you out. Peter's waiting. No help. But I'm going to help you, Peter. I helped you, you see? To get a loan and to get you in debt. You see? This is uh, KJV. Whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds without wind and without rain. Clouds and wind without rain. This is this is important. You see, they don't have. In other words, you just wait for a while. You they, their true colors will come out. Like like pastor says, keeps saying this very powerful thing. He says, you know what? I don't judge anybody in my congregation. I give them all a chance. You know why? Because they will rise or fall themselves. Because some people's good deeds go or bad deeds go ahead of them. Some people's deeds are following them. Just wait for a while. The true colors will show out. The fruit, you can know the person by his fruit. You got it? Let's move on. Now, What about these people? Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also. Boy, he prophesied. Who prophesied? The seventh from Adam. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Ungodly, 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 ungodly. It means people. Who are these ungodly? We'll see that in the next verse. My dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly. Who quoted that? Who said that? Peter said it. Who's quoting it? Jude is quoting it. Okay? Peter said, Jude quoted. Alright? So, verse 19. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. These are the people who do not have the spirit. These are the ungodly people. And what do they do? They bring division. They bring division. Subtly. Subtly bring division. You see? This is going to happen. You wait a while. People's true colors will come out. You see? And therefore we need to guard our hearts with all diligence and see Lord... Am I there? Am I there? Am I there, Lord? Am I among these people? Do I have? Do I see that in me? Do I see covetousness in me? Do I see hatred from my brother in me? John's Gospel chapter 5 verse 1 will say, whoever is born of God will love those who is also born of God. In other words, I will have a natural affection toward my brother who is in the Christ, who is in Christ. I love him. Meaning what? What do I mean? Love hopes all things. In other words, I love Peter so much that even though I see Peter faltering now, I know Peter's end and I hope that he's going to become like that and I'll do everything possible so that Peter will become that. That's what it means. Check our hearts this morning. So what is the opposite of it? Let's see. This and you. I hope we are them. But you, dear friends, what should you do? By building yourselves up in the most holy faith. What are you contending for? Faith. Let faith 
keep on increasing. That is the gospel. What is the gospel? It is a power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness which is from what? Faith to faith. Meaning there is no static realm in Christianity. You keep on progressing in your faith. You can never ever take rest. If you take rest, you will gravitate down. Keep building yourselves up. What do I do then? How do I build myself up? Every time I meet another brother, I encourage him with the words of God. We have a fellowship. You see, you know, you see, when when you come to me and you enjoy my fellowship, I know that I'm edifying you. You see what I'm talking about? If let's let's say Peter, I love to be with Peter. You know why? I know Peter is he's 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 he edifies me. And Peter likes to be with me because. I edify him. We just love to be with each other because we are mutually edifying one another. You see? That is the reason why exhort one another daily. How do you exhort? You meet each other. It's a fellow, battling unbelief is a community work. Everyone is involved. Okay? Build yourself. And then, praying in the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? Because God will not accept every prayer. Why? Because we do not know how to pray as we ought to pray. Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings that are too deep for words. That means you have to surrender your body so that he can pray through you. That he can reveal to you what should be prayed for. Even in your own life. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And then, be merciful to those who doubt. Don't say, you useless fellow. Don't say that. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have this attitude that my life is for somebody else and I want to snatch as many people out in order to do that, do that, what God has given me, I will do it diligently. For example, <clears throat> I want to snatch people out from the fire. So what do I do? I study the word. So that I can preach to you. So that you can go out and bring people out. You see, when I am studying the word, I am studying keeping you in mind, but I am actually studying with keeping something else in mind. Some Somebody else will be snatched from the fire. You know, remember... Uh, Pastor Siddha Krishna giving this very beautiful example. He says, uh, the first miracle in John's gospel. What is it? Everybody who's falling asleep. Turning water into wine. So what did he ask the servants to do? Pour the water into the six stone jars. What do they need? What is he, what is being poured? Meaning, the need could be water, sorry, wine, but God would be asking you to do something completely irrelevant to wine. Vijay, what do you do? Do you evangelize? No. What do I do? I preach to my church. I edify them. I study hard. I learn the scriptures. I understand the scriptures. I prepare the word so that I can edify my brothers so that when they go out, they will be able to snatch people out. What am I doing? Is it directly snatching people out? No. I'm doing something so that something else will be affected. You see that? 
to others show mercy mixed with fear hating even the clothing stained by the flesh this is our part if we do our part what will god do his part thank you let's see to him who is able to keep you <laughs> from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forever in other words you cannot do this unless god gives you grace to do it you cannot you cannot you cannot do it it's impossible work out your salvation with fear and trembling you your part but god is the one who works in you to will and to obey his part it's an incredible mystery study yourself to show approved unto god a workman that needeth not be ashamed but god will give you utterance you study god gives you utterance you wouldn't believe it i'll tell you that my own struggle no i wa- i was preparing for this message i worked on it for almost like 40 hours close to 30 35 30 40 hours somewhere in the middle so when i'm preparing for a sermon particularly i'm preparing myself i'm not preparing the text per se i'm preparing myself first and then i am from a lecturer background so i want everything like okay fine point number 1 point number 2 point number 3 you know i don't like essays they were basically if in mathematics exam you don't like essays right you see the step 1 step to step 3 answer okay you don't have patience Point number one. That's the reason why I find it very difficult to read C.S. Lewis. Not very easy for me to read C.S. Lewis. I can read Tozer because Tozer has got a lot of scripture interspersed, interwoven into the into the text. But C.S. Lewis is an essay. Okay, fine. So I got to draw scripture out of this essay. It's not easy for me to do it. People from literature background can easily do that, but I can't. Step number one. Step number two. Step number three. Step number four. And so. I was struggling till 7:15 in the morning I was like lord do I do this this is an essay this is something which I've never done before you want me to do this you see the need is for wine god is asking me to pour water by reading one chapter i never did this before i was struggling i'm telling you honestly i was trying to get points out and you know what happens jude is not linear like paul you see he's completely interwoven no he's like suddenly he says this 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 and you, it's not easy to get a linear logic out and say okay okay this is what he means and therefore this is what he means and therefore this is what he means that is paul and therefore i believe that hebrews was not written by paul because it's not linear I believe that's what I believe I could be wrong if Paul wrote it boy that guy is a out of this world versatile genius <laughs> this is what I believe because it's not linear for example that uh, the, the chapter on entering into the rest of god scripture here scripture there okay fine i'm just getting lost it's making sense but how do i draw out an a linear order you can't you can't do that see i mean i can do because of this because of this because of this all day i can do that that's the way i think but that is not the way you think so i was struggling a lot can i just get something out like the way i do it in romans i can't god said just read this for the first time i did it for the first time you see jude have you ever read it for before like the way we did it today i hope you didn't 
And I hope you will go back home and do it now. Just don't read it. So much in it. To him who is able to keep you. I'll tell you something. The Lord keeps you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He is the author of our faith and the perfecter of our faith. He has given us an inheritance and he keeps us through his power by faith for that inheritance. You see? He keeps us. That is the name You want me to keep you? You want me to keep you? Draw close to me so that I can draw close to you. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. You can 10 actually. 19 and 19. Yeah. 10. You know? The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro and searching out those people to whom he can show himself strong. Now think about it, no? I am, I am searching for somebody in my company, for my company. I'm searching out, I'm getting a, I want for this job profile, I want a guy, so do a talent hunt. So get resume, search, go to and fro the earth, search for a guide who will serve me. God is searching for people whom he can serve. You see the complete different order over there? You see? That is what our, that, that is our God. The eyes of our God are going to and fro and searching for those whose hearts are hence so that he can show himself strong toward them. Will you be that man today? Will you be that boy today? Will you be that woman today? So that you can contend for the faith. You know what? God needs strong contending soldiers in these last days and your age does not matter. Does not matter. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 will say, time is sufficient that you have spent in sinning. How old are you? 17 years old. More than sufficient time you have spent in sinning. I'll end with this result. Oh, you have spent sufficient time. Even a four-year-old has spent sufficient time. Remember that example that Pastor gave about this young girl who was going to have a baby boy? Remember? How many of you remember that? Young girl is going to, parents are going to have a baby boy. She's three years old. She's three years old. Baby boy is going to come. And the parents are going to say, you know what? You're going to have a baby boy. You're going to have a baby boy. You're going to have a baby boy. And she's so excited. Yay, I'm going to have a baby, baby brother. And then the parents will say, you know what? Uh, we need to give a lot of attention to him. So I'm going to prepare you so that, you know, we all will love our brother. Papa is going to spend time with her, uh, with the boy. Mommy is going to spend time with, with the boy. So we may not spend so much time with you. It does not mean that we do not love you. And suddenly, oh, these, this fellow is going to come and steal my love. And you know what she says? Tells the mother, can we not have the baby please? In other words, can you kill the baby? Three year old. You have spent sufficient time. Three years is enough for you to murder. At least have thoughts. Spend sufficient time. In this day and age, you have spent sufficient time. By the time you are five years old, you know it all. But thank God, where sin abounds, grace abounds, much more. Amen. And thank God that he gives us grace. And he says, you know what? You love me. You 
Say, Lord, draw near to me and I will draw near to you and I'm going to keep you so that you can enjoy that inheritance. You'll be kept by the power of God so that you can enjoy the inheritance that I have for you, the salvation which is going to be revealed in these last times. Even as we stand this morning, I just request your worship team to come and we'll just sing, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art, thou art mine. And this time when we sing, let us sing with all of our heart and let us mean every stanza. All mainliners who are here, just love it. This is our heritage. Let us sing it. Let it, let it make, let us make it as an anthem. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. For thee, all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious redeemer, my savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine, for thee all the follies all sin I resign my gracious
writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about all those people who contended for their faith. He says that some received their dead, but some did not receive. Some, the world was not worthy of them. They were dwelling in caves and in rocks because they were looking forward to another kingdom. Considered all the suffering that they went through for that faith worth it because their hope was in another kingdom. And this morning, I just want to encourage each one of us this morning. If you say, Lord, my love has grown cold, oh Lord. My heart has grown hard. There's unbelief creeping in, O oh Lord Jesus, in some areas of my life. I know it. I know it, O oh Lord. Because I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing is happening. And therefore, Lord, I, I've become impatient. I don't believe that you're going to work on my behalf anymore. But God says, this light and momentary affliction is working for you at an eternal weight of glory. It's a momentary affliction. You're going through this because I'm refining you seven times over. Seven times over. The temptations are strong because I'm, I'm refining you seven times over. The trials are difficult because I'm refining you seven times over. I'm preparing myself for myself a bride which is absolutely fired up and loyal and loves me with all of her heart. A bride which is going to sit on my right hand and who's going to rule along with me all, etern- all eternity. That is the end to which we are called. That is the salvation to the uttermost. That is the reason why we have a high priest who is of the order of Melchizedek who has gone to the most holy place not made on the earth but in heavens and who has offered his own blood once and for all so that we can be eternally secure. A salvation which could be made secure so that we don't have to go over and over and over back to him. This morning if you have sinned against God and repent right away today if you have heard your voice if the heard the voice of God do not harden your heart areas where God is telling you to give up something that some relationship that some phone call something which you need to put right with God this eve, this morning put it right don't wait till tomorrow don't wait because tomorrow is not guaranteed today is the day O oh Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes of your people, O oh Lord, that let them see the hope of their calling. A hope that which will not disappoint because the love of God will be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But that hope which is made possible because of a character which was formed, a character which was formed through the trials that we experienced. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will rejoice this morning in trials, O Lord, because we know what can separate us from the love of Christ. Can tribulation, can persecution, can nakedness, can peril, can sword, can famine, nothing, Lord, nothing, nothing can separate from the love of Christ because we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Therefore, as Paul would say, I am sure that neither death nor life, no 
not angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything at all in all creation can separate me from the love of god which is in christ jesus my lord and this morning can you confess that and say lord 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 i want to experience that love oh lord i want to experience that i want to love you back i want to obey you oh lord i just want to i don't want to hold on to silly things i want to forgive easily oh lord i want to be merciful to people easily oh lord i don't want to hold bitterness and grudge in my heart grant me grace to that end oh lord i humble myself forgive my unbelief forgive my unbelief i believe help thou my unbelief this morning let's just cry out i want to love you with all my heart jesus thank you father thank you jesus thank you thank you father for all the children you of whom you have brought who have come so faithfully to your house this morning i pray father that you will continue to minister to them through this day through this week that the enemy will not come and steal the evil one will not come and steal the word which was sown into their hearts but lord that it will give them a new birth in areas where it is already dead a new birth by that by that imperishable word the living and abiding word of god oh father father because you said oh lord jesus those who are born of god will not keep on sinning because the seed of god remains in him and he cannot sin oh jesus let that be our promise oh lord let that be our exhortation oh lord let that be our motivation to fight sin in our lives and unbelief the sin the mother of all sin oh lord jesus an evil heart of unbelief grant us grace to that end this morning we pray and even as we go through this week oh lord let us be full of rejoicing oh lord with inexpressible joy and full of glory because we met you our heavenly father thank you lord thank you thank you thank you thank you jesus thank you come into your church into your hands we are your people oh lord let your face shine on us let you give us rest and let us walk with you through the speak every day moment by moment until we meet the next time if you tell it to god and you choose to give us yet another day and yet another week in the land of the living thank you lord we praise you we worship you we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise in jesus name amen to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forever amen go in jesus name